You are now listening to For All Nerds Show, a podcast about geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. For All Nerds is hosted by DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana Keen Jones. For All Nerds Show is a member of the Loudspeakers Network, where we always say rest in peace to our founder, Combat Jack. For All Nerds Show is powered by our listeners. Everything we do from our podcasts, live events, our website are all independently funded. Please continue to support us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash for all nerds. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the For All Nerds Show. The Voice of the Urban Geek, the podcast where we discuss geek culture according to people or from the perspective of people of color. And as always, it's your boy DJ Ben Amin, aka Lightworker Gami, Blart Bent, Buzz Ouchia, Method Mansplaining, Patrick Swaley. Keep that same energy on when you see me, Arsenio Holiday. Had to bring that back because Picard is coming back. Meet yeah. Millhouse here in the spaceship tonight. Yes, Picard's back. Guinan's back. And my co-host, as always. Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as Baptin the Maraba, the Ting of the North. Father Stretch My Bands, <laughs> Dame Diner Dash, and Princess Preach. There we go. Yes, Princess Preach is back. And the For All Nerd Show is back. Somebody responded to us on Twitter and said that they didn't know that bike means back on um B Y K E. Yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. And so they've been mispronouncing it or not understanding what people have been talking about all this time. Aww. I think I figured it out about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago now. <laughs> I'm not yes, sure. New slang for you, sir. Yeah, you know that's new <laughs> slang for me, but I picked up pretty quick. I was definitely was not, you know, two years later still figuring out. But you know. Shout out to you. Shout out to everybody out there listening right now to the For All Nerds show. Thank you to all the listeners. As always, thank you for joining us. You could be anywhere in the world right now. And you're here with us here on the For All Nerds show. And I'm looking at the wrong set of notes right here. So I don't even know what is going on on the For All Nerds show right now. I do know. I mean, let's just start it off and say this right now. You know, <laughs> we're going to South by Southwest. Yay! Yeah, guys, we have a session going on at South by Southwest. If you guys did not know, well, now you know because of your support and because of your votes. Amazing. We were selected to go to South by Southwest. So what that means is on March 17th, we are going to be doing what's called a meetup. It's kind of like a open panel situation. You'll see when you get there. We'll have some really cool things going on. But we're going to be talking about the evolution of blackness and geek culture. Well, we may have some special guests there, may have some surprises there, may have some giveaways there, but you got to be there to enjoy. For those who can't make it, that's okay. I think we're going to try to record some of it so you guys can get a glimpse of that. Um, South by Southwest ain't really giving us a lot of stuff. <laughs> so we got to do a lot of things on our own, but we're used to that because we are an independently funded and run media brand. Yes. Patreon.com slash for all nerds as always. Thank you to all the patrons, the patrons over at Patreon who have been helping us out. You know, because of y'all, we are able to do things like go to South by Southwest March 17th at 12.30 p.m. I think that's correct, right? Yeah, sure. sounds right. Yeah, sounds right. 12.30 p.m. will and be good. And we'll post and we'll continue to post the link. So 
if you have a South by Southwest account, you can just favorite it and add it to your schedule. And the link will have all of the correct details just in case Ben Amin trips up. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's it. March 17, 12.30 p.m., the evolution of blackness in geek culture. I love that title. Shout out to Tatiana for coming up with that. Uh, when, yeah. I, when I dropped that, I went to a South by Southwest meeting the other day. When I dropped that name, you know, there was a bunch of people there presenting talking about all the different panels that were going on. And when I dropped a name in there, there was a little rumble in the room. I really, you know, felt the energy. <laughs> a rumble? What yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, you know, like, hmm, oh, interesting. Oh, y'all think y'all are? Yeah. Well, nerd show. You know? <laughs> I was like, that's right. The evolution of blackness in geek culture. So, yes, if you're going to be there. And South by Southwest looks really lit. This is my first time ever going. Even though I'm from Houston, I've never, I ain't even been in Austin in so long. It's ridiculous. But I cannot wait. I'm really hyped. So please, if you're out there, holler at us on Twitter, on Instagram, all those different places. At For All Nerds, let us know where you'll be so we can meet up, talk, all that, and come out to the panel. Because it's going to be lit. Yep. And even if you don't have a badge or are not going to be attending any of the South by Southwest sessions, for those who will be in the area or planning on going out there, there's still plenty of stuff to do all around. Like Ben Amin said, we still want to meet you, still see what's up. Still go around the city. And Austin has amazing food. So I need the food. I need you to tell me where to go to get food. I am so excited to go. So. Particularly greens. Uh, you know, if anyone out there knows where to get them good greens in Austin, let me oh, know. Oh, God. I'm talking about actual sustenance. But I know that's sustenance for a lot of people. You know, <laughs> delicious sustenance. So please <laughs> holler at me, at DJ Ben. I mean... Wow. I'll, you know, March uh, 17th, yeah, we'll be there. So, yeah, it's throwing down. I'm really hyped, y'all. If y'all can't hear it, I'm going to let you know I'm dumb hype right now. Yep. And also going down, you actually mentioned it at the very top when you came in. Yo, Picard series. First of all, Ben, I mean, you still need to apologize because I feel like you were being disrespectful to Picard. Wow. When it was announced because you were just like, oh, they got a lot to do. Oh, so, oh, oh Disney Plus that you know disney plus is, is shitting on them they got a lot to do to make it remember that you said that i didn't forget oh wow i i, I actually regret <laughs> I saying forget. that yeah i regret saying that seeing <laughs> seeing the lackluster outlay of disney plus so Jesus. far yeah, yeah. I, um i'd have to say that cbs all access might be a better buy right because they got two seasons I ain't, I ain't of say all that i ain't say all that <laughs> i mean yeah i ain't saying all that either because all they got is discovery say, and picard i ain't got shit to say about cbs all access however yeah. discovery fire and of course picard okay the reason why i'm mentioning picard is because today on the view sir patrick stewart was a guest and he direct to whoopi goldberg invited her to be part of season two of picard which means guinan is back like we've been saying and i and I, I was screaming i was in the office screaming my head off i was so happy like that is a dream come true now obviously I came in on the game of Star Trek well after the fact, but my first series was Next Generation. So to see Whoopi on there doing the thing, and then now, like, all these years later for this to come full circle and him to invite her personally, and she was really about to cry. So it was it was a very emotional moment, and I was really excited, and I'm really happy, and, and I just can't wait. I cannot. Now, we've discussed before that Whoopi plays the bartender in space, and, you know... <laughs> Yes, yes, she likes a bartender in space, but she's not. She's more than just a bartender in space. She's, yes, she's she's a lot of people's best friend. She's a lot of people's confidant. She's a therapist. She's she 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 holds court with essentially the entire crew and other people who come in and out of 
the of the bar. So I mean, she she always held an important role and was always really a central figure when it comes to the communications between all the characters. Not only that, she is not afraid to get down because even though I've not seen most of Star Trek The Next Generation, I know there's a clip online where I peeped her pulling out a gat, this like laser rifle and yep. holding it down <laughs> in the bar when need be. Yeah, she could do it all. She could do it all. <laughs> so I'm excited. Really happy that, that that went down like that. I'm I'm happy that it was like a public display. Um yeah. and, and that Whoopi really felt the love. So cool. Mm-hmm. No, I love that moment. I watched the clip and I loved it. So I was just saying, like Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are straight up and down like national treasures because I'm happy that nothing's ever come out about them or anything. They just seem like genuinely good people, you know, straight up, you know, from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And that was just such a heartfelt moment. You could tell his genuine love for Whoopi as an actress, as a woman. And then you could tell, I love how Whoopi was like, yo, that was one of the best experiences of my life. You right. Know? Right. That was, and that was, I've never heard that from her. So that was important to learn. Mm-hmm. So it, it, again, just, this is just going to be fantastic. So I, I'm, I'm super excited and I'm just super pleased how it went down. Along with My Hero Academia, I actually started watching The Next Generation again on Netflix. I mean, really? on Hulu. It's on Hulu right now. So, yeah. Do you I, think it holds up to time? I can't lie. I was peeping the first episode with um, Q, the, yes. what is it, the mystery of Farpoint or the le- something at Farpoint. And it shit's fire. Like, <laughs> yeah, I always love Q and I always love that episode. But rewatching it now, it's really well done. It hops right into it. The effects hold up for the most part to me. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not bad. Yeah, I think they did some, you know, readjustments on it. Yeah, remastering and all that on the effects. They but did. Yeah, it's it's definitely well done, and I'm enjoying it again so far, and I'm going to keep watching. I'm, I will skip over the trash episodes and get to the good I'm stuff. I'm about to say, because are definitely trash episodes. Let's yeah. Not- <laughs> let's not act like there ain't. Yeah. Let's like, right, let's not act like this long-standing series is perfect. It was not. No. It doesn't even matter. Um, that just reminds me of, like, I see like all of this positivity and love in between people in the industry and in Hollywood. And it makes me think of a situation on the other side of the spectrum and really something that you've alluded to before, Ben Amin, mm. which is about Hollywood itself and the, and the aspect of like being genuine and honest. Like you just mentioned how that interaction between Sir Pat Stew and Whoopi was genuine and, and you know, it was love. But I always see a lot of the opposite in Hollywood. And you yourself have even told me, you you know, as to me, I look at you as my expert, that lots of times you have to be very careful in Hollywood. When we were speaking with Damon Lindelof, we talked about how you may not feel like you can be honest about how you feel about certain things. Mm. Yeah. So I'm curious, can you, do you think you could be honest in Hollywood? Like, do you have to be like iconic status before you could be honest? Or can you be an up-and-comer and still have the ability to to be true to yourself and tell people what it is. Like, if you don't like something, is that okay? I don't think so. Wow. I, yeah, not for the most part. And I think once you get to iconic status, you're really reluctant to say anything about other people because you know the hard work it took to get to that icon status. And you're kind of in an inner circle of icons where you're not going to disrespect somebody else who's in that inner circle. And you're not going to disrespect somebody on the way up unless they offend you. And then you'll, you know, lash out at them, whatever. So I'm thinking more so not disrespect, just difference of opinion. So, for example, there is this current Michael Shea situation where there is a writer, uh, I guess a former comedy writer that 
put out a tweet about SNL submission guidelines where when you go onto the website to submit something, there's there's a lot of legalese that basically says anything you put there may or may not show up on the show, you know, maybe as a bid or whatever. Um, any materials that you submit is essentially can be potentially used by SNL and that you agree to it. So the writer. Wait, the, the extra wild part about that was yeah. that they said that anything, if you signed this agreement, anything that you tweeted at any point. If you if you submitted your if you also I, I, I don't think it was. Yeah, if you submit once you, you sign the agreement you so, you can, your, so you can submit uh, social media. Yeah. No, yeah, if you submit your social media to it so as well. So they can go and take anything that you ever tweeted. Which Potentially. Was, yeah. So the guy, the writer, he had he took issue with this as and I can completely understand ownership is so important in this industry, especially in an industry where people get exploited left and right. Yep. Bit off of left and right. He made a he made an offhand not an offhand, but he just made a he, he made like a snarky joke on Twitter. He screenshot the thing and said, you know, oh look, another it's, and I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, oh, look, another submission thing where they take ownership of your ideas, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he didn't add anybody. He just put it out there because, once again, I tell you all, Twitter is an open forum and clearly you have something to say. You want to say it to every and anybody, you put it out there, whatever. Michael Shea caught wind of it. And apparently for it began a months long dispute between the two. Mm where <laughs> the guy was dispute would, would, this, yeah. the guy would, would would even necessarily be saying things about michael at least not at first and michael would on uh, the guy would be saying things on twitter and michael would go on his ig and post kind of like retorts and talk about the guy and how boring he is and, and you know all sorts of kind of bullying things and i found it weird and and at another point michael also said you know if you're trying to be in this business why would you talk about it and that's what I mean when I say that's not disrespect. That's you're calling out something that that don't sit right with you. And I'm just trying to understand. Are you telling me that if I become a writer in Hollywood, that if something don't sit right with me, I'm not supposed to say anything? Ooh. Uh, and that's why. And, that, and also, and when I, and when, <laughs> do you understand? And when I mentioned icons, what I was expressing was that when I feel like when you get to an iconic status, you can say whatever the fuck you want, and no one, you, you're pretty much insulated because you've already established yourself yes but what about the, and and that's what i meant but what about the regular person what about the new person what about the up-and-comer you're screwed um Damn. yeah straight up and you know yeah i don't that's a tough one and i would but i would say that it's best to watch what you say like we always talk about on here you know twitter and all these things on social media the internet is eternal and so you really have to watch what you say and i know personally i sometimes say too much like recently i've expressed and even being on this show but even on twitter i was recently expressing how much i dislike joker as a film i do say that you know i thought joker was very well shot the cinematography is dope i think you know mr phoenix always you know does a great performance as always because he's a fantastic actor but i just had issue with the themes the general message behind the film what i took from it and even expressing that sometimes might be a mistake as far as wanting to have a long career in Hollywood. But what I always say to people is to make yourself irreplaceable, you know, and to make yourself where you, they have to have you there. And that goes for any, any industry, but it really applies a lot in creative industries. I see it a lot in the record and in the film industry where 
people who if you establish yourself beforehand and you come to Hollywood with a product, like Michael Jai was talking about this, he can go around saying whatever he wants because he knows what he's selling and he knows who his audience is. Mm. So he can always show with the Hollywood, like, look, this and this and this. Here's the numbers. You know, now, do you want to invest in this? If not, I can take it to another studio and we're going to make this amount of money every time mm. because I've already established myself and I know my product and I know the numbers it generates, et cetera. So you either have to have something like that or you have to get to the point where you're someone like Alina where, you know, you're writing and you're producing and everything you've done has struck so much gold that people are just throwing themselves at you. And then you could go on Twitter or whatever right. and express your opinion. But 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 yeah. to get there, it sounds like you have to play much like most industry. You have to play the game first. Yes. Like somebody compared it. They tweeted at me and said, you know, you're not going to walk into McDonald's looking for a job and be like, yo, McDonald's sucks. But this is more where it's like you can't even say a hamburger sucks in general. Right. <laughs> it's. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. You know, it's like if you're working at McDonald's, are you going to run around saying Burger King sucks? You're still working in the same industries. One day you might have to work at Burger King, you know? Right. Well, the funny part about this particular situation is the guy, the, the guy who was, you know, being bullied, I guess, he claimed that you know he wasn't even looking for a job it, no like yeah. he, like he was just posting about it and he had actually already quit working in hollywood years ago mm -hmm. he had worked for jimmy kimmel back in like 2016 and that's when he left yep and so he was just a, a essentially a normal person on the street saying whatever he's saying and what was funny to me is i actually saw more comments telling him well what do you expect versus supportive comments. And I just wow. I just found it interesting about how the dynamic about how people responded to to this whole thing. Well, there's a lot of issues at play here. You know, there's a white man complaining and then there's a black man in power. So people are definitely going to side with Michael. You know, I you know, Michael be saying a lot of wild shit all the time and doing a lot of wild things. So and I think there's also that, you know, what do you expect? He's a comedian. Who's you know out there wants to you know drum up interest and loves to make jokes all the time, you know that's the thing you know black people know that like you never mess with the funny dude in the room. Yeah, you never mess with the dude who can snap. You know because he might snap on you forever. Forever, oh my god! <laughs> I, I got caught out there in front of this club one night by this rapper in D.C. This was like freshman year at Howard, and this rapper just starts going on me, and I decided to try and come at him, you know, and oh that was a mistake. Why did he go on you? I can't you remember. Yeah, we we knew each other. You know, we was cool. You know, you know, that should be snapping, you know. And he said one thing, so I tried to come back at him, and that was that. You know, it was a bad yeah. night. Yeah. Oh, it was ugly. I got tore apart. Like, disrespected. You know, standing there looking stupid. <laughs> so, don't, well. yeah. So, I feel both sides, and I mean, not really. You know, I, 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 <laughs> so I, what is it? You don't feel both sides? No, I know to watch your mouth in Hollywood. You know, what wow. I, I also feel like what the writer was saying was correct. You know, that that was a little extra on SNL's part. But at the same time, I don't think SNL is that type of entity where they're going to come and look at your tweets. And if your tweets are popping and you're stupid, hilarious, and your submission was hilarious and well done and well constructed and all that, that they're going to come and steal something rather than just hire you. You know that's the thing. Well, like, I've seen I've seen other institutions that's supposed to be of you know high quality and honor do shit like that. So. I've seen both sides of that too. You know, I've seen people get robbed, but I've also you know experienced being hired for my ideas. 
just off of my ideas instead of someone just coming in and taking those ideas. I've also been in a room where I've had to tell people no ideas because I knew that I was about to get fired. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Man, let me say this one last thing about Hollywood because it's something I've been thinking about. And this goes, I'm sure, for a lot of our listeners. I know a lot of our listeners are aspiring people who would love to work in Hollywood in a you know variety of roles. And something I've really learned is one, you know, first, and this might not happen to you till it happens, but mm-hmm. really know what your dreams are, what you're looking for, what you want. You know, do you want to write because you want fame and glory? You know, do you want to direct and all that act because you want that or because you have something to say or whatnot or whatever, you know, you're, reasoning is but know what your reason is and then to make it where Karis once said this a long time ago about rapping and i didn't understand it then because i was making my money off of djing but he's like you shouldn't make money off of something you love like you should have another hustle or something else that generates income so you can do whatever with what you love so then you can say whatever that's the thing that's what i've learned like I've learned not needing a writing job is the best position to be in. Like now I'm in a place where I can just write at my leisure. I write when I want to. I write because I love to write and because I have a story that I want to tell. And I'm not writing because I need a job because I make my money through other means. I hear you. And that is something because that's what happens. People go to Hollywood. They live in California. They work any job. So they're desperate to get out of this nine to five drudgery and they'll be like, okay, I'll write for your show and I'll write some nonsense because I don't want to go back to that nine to five nonsense. And you're offering these big checks. And so this life is great. And so I need to keep this life. And so they'll do whatever. And that's not a position you want to be in ever in life in any, you know, industry. Very well said, Bonnie. Thank you. Felt like I was stumbling a bit there, but you know, hopefully y'all got the message and I think we're going to take a quick break. We have some real ill uh, geekly asked questions on this episode. If you're new to the For All Nerds show, you need to stick around and we'll be right back after the break. Hey guys, it's Allison Williams. I'm an actor and when I am not scaring people on screen, I am hanging out with For All Nerds and listening to their show. Hey guys, this is Rod and Karen of the Blackout Tips Podcast. And when we aren't doing one of our mini podcasts, yes, we are listening to Four Hour Nerds. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Asante, one third of the Friend Zone. And when I am not smoking pot or playing Shinobi Striker, I am listening to Four All Nerds. Tune in. What's up, everybody? This is Chuck Creekmer, aka Jigsaw from AllHipHop.com. And when I'm not placing my heavy hand on the world, hip-hop culture i'm watching for all nerds hey this is logan browning and when i'm not trying to take over netflix i'm looking to for all of us yo what up this is yahya abdul mateen the second i play black manta in the aquaman movies and when i'm not getting around the city i'm chilling listening to for all nerds what's up y'all this is Ann steven harris Fire artist, co-creator of Aztec, fire artist on Ajala, The Fringe, Michael Cray, Watson the Holmes, don't forget Watson the Holmes, award winner of Watson the Holmes, Glyph Award, eyes are nominated. When I'm not drawing, I am listening to For All Nerds. Check it. Hey, I'm Malcolm Lee, director of Night School, and when I'm not directing, writing, and producing, and editing and spending time with my kids, I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, this is Pamela Ribbon, and when I'm not writing things like My Boyfriend is a Bear or Ralph Breaks the Internet, 
I am listening to For All Nerds. Yo, what's up? This is Chico Leo. And when I'm not leading an Athenian revolt in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I'm listening to For All Nerds. And what's up, y'all? And welcome back to this fabulous, fantastic episode of the For All Nerd Show. Thank you for joining us. As always, it's your boy DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana King. We are here. Uh, yeah, I wanted to say thank you once again to subscribers out there, everyone on that iTunes, on that SoundCloud, on that Spotify, on that YouTube. I swear to God, we're going to get the YouTube popping in 2020. I know we like 10, 15 years late for that, but you know, we're working it out. But it's happening. It's, it's happening. happening. I'm already having conversations with people. It's happening. It, oh, okay. Y'all have to see this. Oh, because I wasn't, have to see what we're doing. I wasn't even talking about that. I was talking about just, you know, getting the show audio on there. But Oh, no. We're talking about video, sir. Okay. You know, I know you always work <laughs> and always doing magical things. Yeah. And uh, finally got that Fios over here in the Bed-Stuy area. Nice. So very Some soon. More Twitch? Yes, very soon. Twitch.tv slash For All Nerds will be popping back off. Gonna get my new setup over here, some bat drop, maybe some green screen, all that good stuff. It's gonna be fire. I promise you that. Shout out to Spawn on Me over there. They helping me get it together. It's gonna it's it's gonna be real lovely. Real, real lovely. And speaking of shout outs, shout outs to our new editor, Mr. Luna. I'm not gonna give out his full government name on yeah. here. <laughs> but he's on, he's on um, we shout him out and we'll continue to shout him out on our twitter page so if you're looking for any audio editing you're looking for a person who has lots of talent and is very nice and very prompt yes and very understanding please hit them up yes because fire fire like i mean pure fire every week i listen to the show and i'm amazed at the edits like yeah, and he does a great job yeah and i used to do it myself so i i'm real you know particular about that you know i'm an artist so yeah <laughs> sensitive about my his, shit. I, I can share his email because that's his business email but lunasounddesign at gmail.com and it really doesn't matter where you are you know unless you're like a, a thousand hours ahead of him or something like that i know i don't know maybe you're, you're talking to him from the negative zone i don't know but the man is available for you yo this is something um damn i what's the name of that show there's this new show on hbo where it's got a uh, house the dude from how well he's actually dr house um playing and it's they're on these spaceships it feels like the scene from wally when the people are on the cruise ships in space okay yeah well there's this new hbo show it's a 30 minute uh show on sunday nights i cannot remember the name offhand but it's about this cruise ship in space that basically gets stranded they're supposed to be back on earth in three weeks and in the pilot episode they get stranded where it should take like three years that's from gilligan's island in space but it's a big giant cruise ship but one of the things that happens in the first episode that made me look it up and realize that people just ignore this is that there's this massive delay whenever they're talking from space to Earth. Right. Like and, normal. Yeah, but Star Trek and everyone else, Star Wars included. It's immediate. It, yeah, they just completely ignore that. Because that would be such an insurmountable hurdle <laughs> yeah. to jump when you're just trying to have, like, if it's not part of the plot point, yep. then, like, clearly, what you, uh, based on what you said, they're stranded and all this other shit that has to be part of the plot point. Super but part. 
it, it can't be for Star Trek. Like, we ain't got time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hilarious to how they use this. And I'm like, I never really thought about that, that there would be this delay. I know that's been used in, like, comic books before, but I never put two and two together for Star Wars, and especially Star Trek, because they are always talking to each other on the big-ass screen. And first of all, Star Wars is science fantasy. We, we Oh, they, yeah. They talk, they do all sorts of watching. All, like all I always sorts. Say, any planet, everyone can breathe. Fuck out of here. But I also say to Star Trek, and no one can ever, you know, figure out a way around this. Just the concept of teleportation alone is super science fantasy. As is lightsaber. Yeah, I know that. Oh, but see, we know. We, you know, over on the Star Wars side, we we know. I should. Star Trek people know too. They you act, act like, like they act like, like they don't. Stupid. They act like they don't. Uh, no, uh, no. Uh, uh, I don't know who you've been talking to. Yeah, them crazy ones. <laughs> Them wild boys of Star Trek. <laughs> the wild boys of Star, Star Trek. Trek. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right, moving on. We have one of my favorite segments on the show, for real, for real. I love it how y'all send in these questions. We get all kind of different questions, and we like to call this segment the Geekly Asked Questions. The guac is extra. The guac is extra. But, you know, it can be any question. It don't matter if it's geek-related or nah. Hit us up. Contact at ForAllNerds.com or on the Twitters and on them Instagrams at ForAllNerds. And what do we have up first tonight? The first one comes from Negus Obscura. They write, have Negus you guys- Obscura. That's such a just you know great handle. Have yeah. you guys ever consumed media or content you really didn't want to for the <laughs> sake of the fan fam? <laughs> Boy, listen. If so, see, we talk about honesty now. If so, can you listen any examples? Hashtag love you guys three thousand. Oh, love you three thousand as well. Um, <laughs> have we? Yes, yes, mm. yes. Uh, examples. Mm. Yeah. See, yeah. that's that honesty. That's that, That's not me. Not that's me not working again. Talk right there. I don't want to see Black Widow, but I'm gonna do it for y'all. Oh, I want to see Black Widow. I, I know, I know, but. It's Marvel, dog. You know, I'm sorry. Like, it's still Marvel, yo. They, they, they still haven't. You know, it, like Thor: The Dark World was a long time ago. You know, so they, they have not really. <laughs> don't act like they ain't made no mistakes, my guy. Like, yeah, but it's been a minute. You know, it's been a good minute. Uh, and right. even Thor: well, The Dark well, I guess World, the good I sat minute through. is coming back. You know, well, I let me not through. say that. Hopefully, it's a fantastic. I just don't care for her as a character. But anyway, do you have any examples that I mean? Nah. Um. Not really. Okay. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> so, and everything you've always wanted to watch, everything for the sake of being up to date on geek and pop culture. Mm. You were into everything, and like you knew. Was there anything that you, we had to watch? You was like, "Look, we're not really into it, but we got to watch it because people are gonna ask us about it." I'm trying to think about that. That's that's a really good question, but hmm. I did not want to watch The Boys only because I'd read every issue of a comic book and, and all that the shit spinoffs. Is fire. Yeah, it's pure fire. It's absolutely fire. But I did not want to watch it at first just because the comic is so much more depraved than even the show is. And so I didn't really want to. But that was one of those things. I was like, well, let me try it. And I, I think I heard a few people saying it was good and it was instantly fire. So um, maybe, maybe not. I watched, oh, I can't remember the name of it. I mean, I didn't watch that for the show, but I kind of regret Into the Tall Grass, I think it was called. You regretted it? It's a Stephen King um, movie on Netflix. 
I'd read like the first half of the novella, so I was like, oh, let me watch this. Yeah, it was it was, it was pretty weak, y'all. I mean, that was just like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just one of the things, you know. It wasn't like it was just like, eh, all right, you know. It was it was a film. It was made, so I couldn't be mad. That uh, and that's something else that relates back to that honesty thing, right? That's something I think I've said this before on the show, but once you see how the sauce is made in Hollywood, you also understand that's why I don't diss things as much. Not even because I want to work with people as much, but because I realize how difficult it is to get anything made in Hollywood. Mm. Like it's such a wild system where you're like, yo, oh my God, it's, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. So I'm just really, you know, like Jerry Seinfeld said this once. He's like, Hollywood is a place where people just love to have meetings about making things, but they really don't want to make things. They just want to have more meetings. That blows. Yeah. And I I fully understand that sentiment right there. What he said there is so true. Wow. So that's why I don't do stuff as much. Like I said, that Into the Tall Grass, yeah, it was pretty weak. But I watched it. You know, I was entertained for the time when I was watching it. I laughed. When I mean, at it. says I don't diss stuff, then says it was weak. <laughs> but but like I'm saying, what I'm saying is like, okay, it was weak, but it was still enjoyable. You know what I mean? It wasn't something where I turned it off. And what if it just wasn't? Like sometimes, like that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about honesty in Hollywood. Sometimes yeah. shit just isn't. Shit just isn't. I'm not saying stomp on their life and tell them how horrible of a of a, of a creator they are, or oh, you you suck at writing. Ain't nobody say all that. I did not like the content you put out. Okay, like, let's say the Tyler Perry thing, right? Where everybody is tearing him apart right now for his latest flick. Yeah. Just like 30 minutes ago, my housemate comes in here and he's like, yo, you seen that new Tyler Perry? He's like, yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay. And see, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I was like, word? You know, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. But I was like, I've seen what everybody's saying about it. And I was like, for real? You know, you like that? But, you know, he, and he's, you know, a good he has good taste in, you know, film. Well, I mean, listen, some I, that, you know. that's questionable at this point. Uh, My man had a script said. out there. I mean, that was uh, that, egregious. Listen. But I've seen a Richard Pryor movie where he runs by a light, you know, like where he runs by like a, a film light that's just sitting there. You know, things like that happen. You know, Game of Thrones had a um, Starbucks cup. Well, back to the guac. The next one comes <laughs> from. I actually want to get Castle Patreon. Black. What up? What up, Castle Black? We want to give love to the Patreon subscribers because they have a couple questions that they dropped over the weekend. Oh, the wow. first one comes from Aaron Berlin, a.k.a. Ash. Catch these hands, a.k.a. <laughs> Hot Girl Meg, the man. <laughs> oh, a.k.a. Oh. That shit's fire. Oh, yeah. That's two in a row. Aaron Berlin, you yeah. feel that. Uh, <laughs> a.k.a. Missy Missande Meaner Elliot. Okay. A.k.a. Sucker Free Willie. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Those are really good. Jesus. One. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Those are super good. Do you want a job on this show? Yo. Wow. We'll pay you a quarter action. Sucker free Willy, though. <laughs> I thought you would like that the best. Oh my God. That's so, amazing. So, Amberlynn writes So, I just got my first sewing machine. <laughs> yep. I first got my first sewing machine, and I'm getting ready to start creating my own cosplay looks. Currently trying to figure out how the hell I'm going to make Sister Knight's hooded jacket. This new creative venture got me curious. What are some of your favorite cosplays you've seen over the years? What characters would you love to see someone cosplay? And if you were master cosplayers who knew how to make whatever you want happen. Oh, man. The way you wanted it, how would you cosplay? Fuck. Would it be straight up characters or crossovers that you think it would, would be dope? Um, I'm totally doing crossplay. 
um years ago uh shout out to all the ogs y'all know about the crossplay cosplay contest we did uh several mm. times with yep. new york comic-con um i would totally do lots of uh, crossplays because i love uh like most of my favorite characters and particularly the ones i want to cosplay in anime or gaming are all tend to be male so um i had just actually put out a story over the weekend that i wanted to do todoroki from my hero uh academia and I'm totally doing that shit. So I mean, I would love. Which I could one is Todoroki? Do... I haven't gotten that far. You into might it. not. I don't know how far you got, but What's he's the one who can do fire like? and ice. He has white hair on one side, red hair on the other, and he can control fire and ice from either side of his. Body. Does he have that red face? Who's the dude that he has? Like... Yes, he has a birthmark on his eye. Yes. Oh yeah, I love him. Not a birthmark. Excuse me. I, I don't want to give too much away, but he has. Yes, he has a red mark on his eye. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I love his design. Just off. I've seen him at Comic Con before, and I always love when people do him. And and funny enough, I mean, I, I like the AKA with with um, a hot girl Megan or Mega mm. Man. Uh, uh, Megan Stallion is a huge anime fan, and she also it was for a, it was for a fashion shoot, but she technically cosplayed as Todoroki too, and it was amazing. So I need to see that. Oh, uh, oh yeah, it, it's been out for a while, but mm -hmm. you, should def you should definitely take a look at it. Um, that um, I've always wanted to cosplay as a guardian from um, Destiny game. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah. really anything. I'll definitely cosplay as like Diva from Overwatch. Mm. Oh man, and I don't know. <laughs> you know what? No, uh, a what? few years ago I saw this woman who had who was Diva, and then she had a cardboard box. Yeah, I remember like, her. She had a cardboard box as Diva. That. that was amazing, and she like Where, climbed like, she, into it because she didn't not have the either the time or the capability to really know how to cosplay like so or any of that stuff so it was really crude but like in a hilarious way hilarious because she like jumped into the like she had a several cardboard boxes to make up the whole armor and she jumped into it like she was transforming into diva and it, it was, was regular ass cardboard boxes <laughs> yeah. like like it, it was just I think they had, like, it had like diva written on, on it. it yeah right right, right, right. <laughs> hilarious i mean you do what you got to do yep you know so it is what it is um good luck to you making that sister night Jack. I mean, anybody who knows how to sew, period. I could barely sew on a button. Anyone who knows how to sew, period, I I, I pay homage to you because that mm -hmm. shit is not easy. Um, but yeah, that's that's the ones I'm thinking of. Um, any particular ones you're gonna that you wanna do? Like if you're a master cosplayer, what are you gonna do? Well, I'm not a master cosplayer. So my favorites have been uh shout outs to and I I know you know his um, Twitter. Is it Moto HD? At Moto HDDK. There we go. You know, for helping me out a few years ago with the Nintendo Easy cosplay, which. Yeah, that was when Ben I Amin mean, did uh, a collab with Easy E in an actual Nintendo 64. Yes, and if cruising, I'm not mistaken, it lit up, didn't it? It did light up. Cruising down the street in my 64. My 64, right. Moto so that, killed literally. it. I mean, it was just the work he put into that. Just so you got to repost that picture on the Four Owners Instagram. Yes, I'll do that because it's so fire for those who haven't seen it. I was done up as easy. It was just fire. Uh, I've done a few over the years. Uh, Planet of the Apes is one of my other favorite ones with the latex. But if I had somebody design something for me, I would definitely do a Space Marine or something from Warhammer 40K because Space Marines have this huge ill armor. And I love seeing people do that. Or like uh, Overwatch, someone like a wrecking ball. <laughs> you wouldn't be Lucio? No, no. I mean, everybody, yeah, because that's the obvious one is Lucio. No, no, I would not do Lucio. Oh, 
So stop asking me on Twitter if I will ever do Lucille, <laughs> y'all, because that's not happening. And also shout outs to Toby Wan, longtime contributor, artist mm-hmm. extraordinaire. I would that would be amazing if we could, you and I could both cosplay the characters he actually drew us as. Like oh, you as Galactus. I, I don't know what your Galactus name would be, but you as Galactus. Galacto. Okay, yep. and me as basically another a spider person. Oh, um, with my own tech and all that other stuff. I mean, it, it looked fire. Well, once again, shout out to Moto because uh, you know, look for me at Comic Con this year is all I'm saying on that one because yeah, that that Galactus, you know. Ooh. Oh yeah, that might have to happen, folks. I've been planning that for a minute, and you know, I'm, I mean, that might come together this year. So you know, look out for that. The next question comes from B Coats. B Coats, aka Baby. Please say the baby. They write. Sub fan fam, winter is here. I am inside and wanting to indulge in a new hobby. Do you think it's better to learn DJing with a controller or turntables and all that comes with it? I don't plan on trying to make money, just mostly be a bedroom DJ making mixes for myself. And I just need another reason to listen to music loudly. Thanks for all you do and definitely looking for a Benham mix with the epic music y'all use in the show. I know. Yeah, I am too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm actually working on that. You know, I know you said last week that you were going to get the anime joints. Yeah, so, I got y'all. On yeah. That. And if you actually slide me some of the more fire ones, you know, I'll actually throw them into this mix that I'm planning over here. Ooh. Okay, and so uh, the question is, do you think it's uh, really it's this question for you, DJ Benamine, as our resident DJ. Do you think it's better to learn DJing with a controller, which is affordable or turntables with Serato? Oh, God. I mean, I would personally say turntables or like recently they i actually purchased them the rain 12s are this new needless and battle ready turntable type thing that are actually emulate vinyl pretty well i would still say vinyl is better i just love the feel of it and everything but if you're but like in, in yeah, 2020 in 20 no still it there's no but question. as someone who knew still the mm. the only problem or uh issue i would say is that price point you know if you're not planning to make money off it and you know do you want to spend the money for a good set of turntables and a good mixer versus a controller which would run you like 500 versus that which would probably run you around like a thousand i think you could probably get a deal or maybe a little less than that you, you know controller for a cheaper no the, no the controllers would be like five three two you know yeah yes. even a hundred yeah. But a good set of turntables and a mixer is probably going to run you around a G, if not a little more. I'm not sure. I haven't bought Oof. them in a minute. Yeah, I mean, I just spent, ugh, I don't even want to say how much on, you know, but it was a good amount on the range. I got the deal. They were doing a deal last year. I think it was like 2500 but that was like, maybe maybe it might have been more than, that was more than that. Yeah, it was like four, I think, for like uh, two right. Rain 12s and a new, brand new Rain mixer, which state-of-the-art, et cetera, et cetera. But you can, you know, you can do better than that. But I would definitely say the feel and the ability, if you're going to be scratching, there is no question it's it's vinyl. You need to learn on vinyl. Controllers just cannot emulate the same amount of feel and everything you can do with vinyl versus a controller. There's no way. I've never seen a DJ. That's why you never see DJs battle with controllers. You know, mm. you can be dumb nice and you can do some cuts on them. Don't get me wrong. But you will always, to this day, like the Rain 12, what I was just talking about, the needleless turntable, that's the first one that's been qualified where, you know, it's certified where you can actually use it in a battle now. 
you can't even use, as far as I know, controllers. You know, they just do not emulate the sound the same way. And vinyl, it just has so many little technical things and just the way the, you know, the vinyl moves underneath your fingers, et cetera. Nah, there's no question. This is good to know. I mean, I I have several controllers, so, (laughs) but I'm also learning. um, I've been in a perpetual learning phase for DJing. So that's everyone is. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning every day myself. Well, thank you for the question. The next one comes from uh, the people. Uh, Their name is at you naked yet. Okay. Are you naked yet? Oh, are you naked yet? Okay. (laughs) I thought it was at you naked. (laughs) I mean, you know, you got to. It might be. Y'all weird. Y'all weird on the internet. Um, That's a great name, though. If you were suddenly in the same universe as your favorite work of fiction, rather, whether it be comics, movies, books, whatever, as the main character's best friend, would you have a good time or survive? Um, yeah, people have asked us this, but that's a quick variation, and I like that as the best friend. Let's see, Star Wars. I think I live pretty long. But who will you be best best friends as? The main cat, oh, Luke's best friend. You talking about like which Star Wars? We talking, Ray? Yes. Shit. Ray lives to the end, and you know, if I was her best friend, I'm sure I'd be living to the end oh too. Oh my god! Um, you know, and let's see, Marvel universe. I'd, but you know, I've told you this before. The Marvel universe is really taken over emotionally, and then like I'd really say, Wicked and Divine as a comic book or something like that. Uh, best friends, and that's tight. Um, the, yeah, the, which you said, I'll, I'll toss this one to you because you know, okay. yeah. I don't know why this came to mind, but the first, for some reason, one of the TV shows, one of my favorites, is Agretzko. Um, don't know if you've ever seen that. No, I know the name. Yeah, I've never peeped. You need it. to watch yeah. it. It's 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 a Sanrio character, so the same company that makes like Hello Kitty, and um, but it's just a different take on these characters. So mm-hmm. if I was in that universe. I was, and I was that character's best friend. Of course, I would survive. I would be adorable, but I'd also be like a death metal head. Oh, I wish. Oh, you got to watch this show, Ben. I mean, it's so good. Nice. It's so good. Um, I think I would have a good time. I think I would survive. I don't know why that show came up in my mind, but it's one of my favorites. If I was in Wicked and Divine and I was like the best friend and I didn't have powers and I was just like, but yeah, a lot of people catch bad ones just on, per, on the peripheral in that book. That's what I'm saying. People, yeah. Wigan Divine's a little rough out there. Yeah. But I would I would love and enjoy it, you know, if I could just stay a little bit back. You know, if I was the one who, like, lived, like, they're, if they're in London and I lived in the States and they were just calling me up, like, yo, this shit happened. I'm like, word, true. <laughs> true. Word, true. Stay over there. Uh, yeah. Stay, <laughs> stay your asses over there, though. You know. It's same with Marvel, though. Like, you know, if you're a Marvel right now, I'd be like, I'd be the character who'd want to live in London, not in New York. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be Tony Stark's best friend living in New York. Mm. I want to be Tony Stark's best friend living in Cali. Well, my thing is, if you're any of these superheroes' best friend, you become a target instantly, particularly when people know who you are. Yeah, but see, I wouldn't be like Rhodey, that best friend. I'd be the other best friend, you know, the one who's chilling in Cali, living a life of being Tony Stark's best friend. And what I'm saying is, what if somebody finds out? But you, what if uh, what if Doctor Doom or whomever finds out that you're Tony Stark's best friend? Hopefully, he gave me some armor. Then it's over for you. Nah, I got some armor. You know, I got that armor <laughs> under my suit, just like him. You know, True. I ain't getting True. left out there like Rhodey with the same old armor from ten movies. <laughs> Don't play that man like that. Fame. Um, yeah. Well, you, you, you know, you know, it's even more disrespectful. Real quick, I've read yeah. the 
in-game script. And in the script, they say that Rhodey gets the cosmic Iron Patriot armor at the end. What the hell was it? Fam. What the hell was that? Like, it says it, the cosmic. That's what he's wearing. You can see it if you watch a movie again. He's wearing a different suit of armor because Ant-Man brings him another suit of armor. And it's the cosmic. Like, come on, fam. Finally. Well, (laughs) this man got his legs ruined because he couldn't get a new suit of armor. Like, Dems the brakes. Um, This is the last one. This comes from, well, I'll read it from the beginning. What up? Ben, I mean, Tatiana is maze, a.k.a. Jabba Ranks, Kill Billmonger, Easy Ewok, The Nature Boy Wonder, and Uncle Luke Cage. I actually (laughs) like that last one a lot. Uncle Luke, yeah. I like uh, Easy Ewok (laughs) and Uncle Luke Cage ain't bad. I'll give him that. That's all, yeah. I like that flip. I have more of a personal life question. I want to know when's the last time you either had to cut off a good friend Mm. or outgrew that friend. I heard that chuckle. (laughs) And what did you do and how did you handle it? Thanks for everything you guys do. Wow. (laughs) Thank you for the question. I'll go first. Yeah, I don't know Um, if we got time for this one tonight. Right. Or if Ben (laughs) Ami even wants to talk about his situation. I'll go first. I had a best friend since I or had a best friend since I was in third grade. So like mm. from third grade through me going to Howard, um, I was I, 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 I we had a, an amazing friendship, did everything together, like the definition of best friend. And I didn't cut them off. They didn't cut me off. It's just we I guess indeed outgrew each other. Mm. And as far as what I did to handle it just kind of happened. And I, I, a lot of people there's a misconception that like when friendships fall off, like it was animos, like all friendships, they like it's some animosity or something went down or, you know, somebody took somebody's man or something like, like, no, it was none of that. It was just like when you are going divergent paths, like sometimes y'all just not the same, like y'all, well, one, you're not the same people that you used to be and you live different lives and you just become a little distant. And if there's no really connecting tissue there, then the friendship does indeed kind of wither away. Um, does that mean I have any anger or, or, as I mentioned, animosity towards them? Absolutely not. Like, I still love them. Like, if, they, if I saw them walking down the street, I'd be like, yo, what's up? I hope, you know, you've been well. Everything's good with you. It's just that we, we outgrew each other. We outgrew the, the day-to-day. We outgrew the best friend status it is what it is it happens y'all yeah i got a different situation (laughs) (laughs) yeah go too deeply into it but yeah i definitely can't go too deeply into it because but but, but, oh how did you handle because of the situation that it is uh well i'm still handling it and that's something that i've been working at because i had a situation where i had a best friend and same type of thing where we basically just grew apart we were you know just viewing the world differently and i just kind of was like yo we kind of need to you know step back that was more my opinion you know i felt like we just need to step back yo it's just so you initiated a break essentially yeah okay or what i thought would be one and then during that break uh information was revealed to me that made it where i was like oh well this friend had their own interests in mind or mm. I'm not sure what interests they actually had in, you know, to be honest, I have no clue. I can't even tell you anymore. Right. <laughs> so, and how have you handled it in our handling going further? You cut them off. Yeah. I pretty much had to cut them off because I just really did not, you know, respect. I felt like they were disrespecting what 
people I loved have, you know, the legacy of what people I've loved have, you know, done. And mm. that really bothered me. That's hard to come back from. Yeah, that was, that's that been real tough. And it's been real tough for me to swallow that and just let it go, Ayo, you know, and not to, like, hold that anger in. Because that's something um, my mom, you know, she used to talk about this. And I always thought she said it, but it's actually Oprah who has this quote where she was talking about how one day, this is back before Oprah was Oprah, obviously, and she was uh, had a beef with some woman who lived in the same town with her. Okay. And so one day Oprah, you know, is rolling around all mad as hell every day. Like, yo, I can't stand that woman. Ah, you know, fuck that bitch. You know, ah, <laughs> if I see her, I'm going to fuck her. Ah, you know, you know, you know, I mean, imagine Oprah mad with no money. You know, like Oprah mad now is a problem. Like Oprah mad with no money. Ooh, you know, I won't want to see it. So, right. you know, Oprah was mad and she said she goes to the store and the woman comes out of the store just laughing and having the best day of her life. And Oprah realized right then, like, yo, I'm walking around mad at this woman, and this woman ain't even thinking about me. Facts. You know? And so that's some uh, lesson that I always try and keep with myself. It's tough for me because I'm a very emotional person, especially when I feel that I that someone has done something to disrespect me or betray me. Like, that is something I... It's tough for me to, you know, let that anger go. But that's something I work at every day. It's just to be like, all right, well, you know, just you got to keep moving because... The world is trying to sort people out. You know, that's something I also believe in. You the know. universe will sort people Yes, out. the universe, the world will sort people out. And people get what's coming to them, you know. And people get what, when they do wrong and they do stupid, not stupid, when they do things that, you know, just that are detrimental to other people, it's trying to come back to them. You know, and that's why I always on the show and everywhere I go, I always try and just talk positive and always talk about, yo, you know, encourage people. Always say, yo, this is what you can do. Da, 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 da. And I was talking about this on Twitter the other day. I told this story where I, I told a friend, well, on Twitter, on Facebook years ago, I said, yo, I would rather be dead than spend a minute not doing what I love. Mm. And... A friend of mine took that to heart. Like, they were working as a pharmacist at the time. He said he went and showed it to his wife, who was also a pharmacist. Both of them quit their jobs, opened up their own pharmacy, worked at it for, like, five years, sold it for big bucks, and now my boy just chilling, like, pretty much basically retired. Wow. Yeah. And so he came to me when I was in Houston one time and told me this whole story. And I haven't seen dude since high school. You know, we still tight just through Facebook. Pretty much. My man don't even post on Instagram. He got a profile. He posts nothing. Just be out there lurking. Why would you? You wealthy. You ain't got to post nothing. <laughs> ain't got to post nothing. Ain't got shit to prove. Got his wife. Got his kids chilling. But he comes to me and he's like, yo, Ben, you don't understand how much that changed my life, dog. You just saying that shit. And I've been waiting for like five years to tell you this shit. Wow. And so, you know, at the same time, I'm dealing with this other issue with this other former friend. And then this dude who I haven't seen in 20 years comes and tells me this stuff. So that type of stuff lets me know who I am and what I'm about in this world. And so I just don't worry about what other people are doing. You know? That's the way you got to do it. Yeah. And sometimes you just try to move on, man. Like, you just, you know, you got to let people go who aren't in your vibe. And if they are, they'll come back around. But sometimes y'all just need that distance. You know, you need breaks. You need to not be around people. Like, not always... Doing that. You want to be around people who are about the same vibe, the same energy that you are. 
You want our people. You want to be around people who uplift you and make you feel better, not people who bring you down and make you feel lesser of yourself. Factory, preach, mm. Ben Ami. Thank you. And that said, that is the end of the guac this week. If you have a guac question, you want to ask us maybe a more personal question, or if you want to get right into the nitty and gritty of geek and pop culture, hit us up. Contact at fourownerds.com. You can also hit us up on the interwebs at fourownerds all over social media. You can also hit us up directly at Tatiana King, at DJ Ben I mean. And if you are a patron on a certain tier, you have guaranteed guac questions. You can ask us guac questions anytime, and we'll be sure to answer them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And any other news we got to talk about before we get out of here tonight? Real quick, congrats to Jay Eden, who yeah. is writing Marvel Snapshot Cyclops. What up? Jay Eden from Jay and Miles Explains the X-Men. Longtime friend of the show. Really love everything Jay has, has been involved in. I actually was on a panel with Jay like a, a year or so, or a couple years back for, no, this was a year ago, for, for Microsoft. Uh, when we were talking about uh, comics. We were talking about Marvel Comics, so... Um, congrats to you. That's amazing. Uh, also, be sure to pick up Marvel Voices issue one in February because you may see some familiar names in there. Uh, just just be on the lookout in general. Like Ben, I me and I be popping out at all sorts of places, and you would never expect it. So just pay attention. Is all I gotta say. We're gonna be in a Marvel comic. Who? Us? I didn't say that. Oh, all right. I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you want to put that in the universe, I mean, I'm just please. Saying. Well, you know, b- before we get out here, I also got to give a big shout out to Vita Ayala. Do I pronounce their name right? Vita Ayala, yes. All right, and Bernard Chang, who are do- oh, and I love Bernard Chang. Yeah, that's oh, man, he's such a fire artist, and they are such a fire writer, and they are doing the new X Men book in the second wave of Dawn of X, Children of the Atom. Make sure you put that on your pull list right now. That's Children of the Atom by Vita Ayala and Bernard Chang. Because Bernard Chang is a, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I'm, why I'm so hyped right now is because I just realized that he's doing the art and he's such a fire artist. So, oh man, that's a match made in heaven right there. The preview image for it looks so ill. There's some kind of trickery, some kind of wild shit going on with the X Men. I've been reading all the Dawn of X books. They're all still pretty solid. I'm on and off with a couple of them, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm 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 they're a slow burn. That's the thing. That's what I'm accepting now. This whole thing is a slow burn. This whole new revolution with the X-Men is probably gonna take a few years to, you know, tell its whole story. So let's see how it all plays out. But I'm extremely excited about this one. Like Google this preview art or go to Instagram, you know, for all nerds, because it's all over there already. And it's beautiful. Fan pros, F-A-N-P-R-O-S-O-R.